Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Greetings, Embers, and welcome to Back to Ashes. My name is Phoenix. Before we get started, if you enjoy what you are listening to and new here or have been here already, please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and comment. Not only does it help the channel out, but it also reminds you of every time I upload a video. If you would like to know how to become a member of Back to Ashes or buy me a coffee as a special thank you, those links can be found down below. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes, for once we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and a happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in to get warm and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Cryptid and Alien Encounters. Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play. And after that, there will be no more ads within this video. This is not an abduction, but an unexplained sighting. I've been an amateur astronomer since preschool. I'm an old fart now. I've spent hundreds of hours under the night sky and have been taking astrophotos for several years now. In that time, I'd seen lots of cool and interesting things in the sky, but never anything I couldn't explain. About three years ago, I was setting up for a night of imaging and called my wife out to the backyard to look at a few things before starting the imaging run. I was slewing the scope over to the great gobular cluster in Hercules when I caught a strange red-orange light, almost a point source, out of the corner of my eye moving toward us from the northwest to the southeast. I think I said aloud, What the hell is that? As I couldn't see any anti-collision lights, it was just very bright and in the wrong place and moving in the wrong direction for the approach to the regional airport around eight miles away. As it got closer, I saw another one further away and through the trees, which was soon joined by another. Both my wife and I just stared, stunned and slightly on edge. For the next 20 minutes, these light tracked nearly overhead more than two dozen of them, some in pairs, some in trios in triangular formation, completely silent as they flew past and disappeared off to the southeast. At some point, I remember my phone and took some video, but of course it's the typical shaky and blurry crap you always see when people claim to have captured a UFO. Both wife and I have terminal degrees and are research scientists and all of our training makes us skeptical of unsubstantiated claims, demanding evidence before accepting. But neither of us have come up with a satisfying explanation for what we both saw. We thought, maybe Chinese lanterns? But I checked the weather conditions, including flight weather, and the winds aloft were from the south. So if what we saw were lanterns, they would have been moving against the prevailing winds. We were playing manhunt and we saw something swinging from the trees, like a dark brown and black creature swinging. Never saw it again. Then, years later, when I was in high school and working at a sub shop, my coworker and I were the only ones on and was talking about the time he was walking through the woods with his friend and saw something swinging through the trees and described the same thing. The woods connected too. I was in a different set of woods around a park and it said Native American grounds or something. 
Lots of my city is, but I was talking to three friends and was the only one facing a certain direction. All of a sudden, I see a fluorescent green person running, almost like a full reflector suit. But as it got about 20 yards away, it disappeared mid-stride. Oh yeah, I forgot to add. Just as it got close enough so I could see it, I could see it was in full Native American garb, like headdress and feathers and everything. I saw the black triangle with these lights on each corner and one in the center. Just was moving right to left from my windshield, then up through the clouds. I think it's called Treb. That's it for me. I'm in the Bridgewater Triangle, though. In December 2011, my husband and I moved to my husband's childhood home in rural southeast Oklahoma. His father died in 2007, and the deed was transferred to my husband's name. Anyway, the house is located near, roughly 175 yards, the community church and its small graveyard. This is a Native American community. It was small and very rural. It's surrounded by hills and thick woods with intermittent cow pastures. That community consisted of a huge family network and extended family, about five or six generations of them. There are 16 homes with an acre each lot. It's country. Before we moved into my husband's home, he told me about some weird paranormal activity he and his friend experienced at the same home when he was younger. I've had one or two experiences prior to moving to Oklahoma, but nothing on this level. Once we moved in, little things would happen every now and then. My story is about a specific experience I had while I was sitting in our living room one evening. I was watching TV with my husband and our 10-month-old daughter in a walker. I had a view of the hallway that leads to our bedrooms and bathroom. My husband walked into the galleyway-style kitchen for a drink, with our little girl following behind him and her walker. At that very moment, they disappeared behind the kitchen wall from the corner of my eye. I saw what I interpreted to be our ten-month-old daughter go from one of the bedrooms into the hallway bathroom. All I saw was the back of the head of whatever it was. I wasn't confused for a second, so I asked my husband if our daughter was with him. Just to be sure our daughter was with him in the kitchen because we tried to keep her away from the hallway area to be safe. He replied, uh, yeah, why? I got so creeped out because whatever I had seen was about her height, but walking without a walker. All I caught was the back of the head of a short person entering the bathroom. I told my husband right away, and so he checked it out for me, but there wasn't anyone else in the house with us. After some more experiences, I started to smudge the house on a regular basis. We ended up splitting up for a while, and I moved back in the summer of 2014. My husband had more intense, scary encounters while he was living there, alone, during our separation. But I'll save those stories for another time. Thank you for listening to my story. My friends have told me it could be a skinwalker, but I don't believe in those things. What do you all think? I want to preface this by saying that I generally consider myself to be a rather skeptical person and have always written off most of cryptozoology and paranormal stuff as straight bunk up until this evening. I tried to see if there's a realistic reasoning behind most encounters and stories, if that makes sense. Now, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this story. This was late summer of 2005 in Northwest Ohio. I was heading into my junior year of high school. I was spending the night over at my best friend's house and we decided for the hell of it to just crash outside for the night. 
while just sleeping in bags. It was a peaceful enough night. Weather was a nice balmy warmth, and the air rang with a pleasant symphony of crickets and far-off spring peepers. Skins couldn't have been more clear, as it was that skeptical sort of feeling in the air where you were far enough away from the last time it rained that the air didn't feel heavy anymore and actually felt inviting instead of humid and miserable. This was as close to a picturesque summer evening that you could get. Everything was blanketed in a dark blue elegance of the evening light. Falling asleep was easy enough. This was a year that mosquitoes were remarkably in pretty low numbers, making sleeping unprotected with just a sleeping bag very simple. Eventually, bad luck would have it that I had to answer the call of nature. So I arose from sleep to do so. My buddy's yard was a fairly large size one, with an area of woods boarding most of it. After finishing, I staggered back over to my sleeping bag and noticed my friend was not in his. We were staged a few feet apart in case a bear came and got someone in the middle of the night or something. I would leave enough time for the other one to run to safety. You know, bro stuff. In any case, I catch him in my peripheral vision, just kind of standing along the side of the shed that was in his yard. I wasn't kidding when I said this night was picturesque. The sky was so unnaturally clear that the starlight and what little of the crescent moon we had left led to quite a bit of light, despite being the dead of night. However, the area we'd choose to pee, with the shed included, happened to be nestled along the part of the yard that was thickest with trees, leading to a large portion of the yard still being under heavy shadow. Kind of funny to think about it, isn't it? Having a well-defined area of shade in the dead of night when you expect everything to be dark. Oh, have I mentioned that at this point? It was also suspiciously quiet. The idyllic chirping of the frogs and crickets that were sounding earlier ushered me to sleep was now nowhere to be heard. I hadn't realized it was when I first woke up to my business because it was quiet the whole time since I woke up. Honestly, the fact it was so quiet may have been why I woke up on top of answering nature's call. Focusing my attention back on my friend, I'm noticing he is still standing by the shed. He was around the corner away from me, so I had to approach him from behind, and thankfully, it seemed he was done going to the bathroom as his pants were up. Hey, what are you doing just standing here, man? I asked, as I circle around behind him and approached him to his left. I didn't even need to wait for an answer before I immediately saw what had him frozen. Roughly about 30 feet away, hidden among the thicker areas of the forest in the yard way back behind the shed, it stood. I'm not the greatest with words, so please bear with me as I try my best to describe what befell my eyes. The creature was perhaps a few inches taller than myself, and I was six foot at the time. However, that's where the similarities end. It stood on two legs with a hunched posture, as it appeared to have had its shoulders raised up with its head leaning slightly forward. It had arms. Both the forearms were a bit longer than the upper arms culminating into sickly-looking hands ending in long points, almost like claws. Though bathed in starlight and shadow, I could discern the skin of the beast was about a dark blue or dark grayish color. The head itself was mostly obscured by the shadows, but retained a general humanoid appearance. I could not make out a mouth or jaw, though. However, one unnerving thing about the head was that its eyes were glowing red. Well, perhaps glowed is a bit more of a sensationalist term. It looked more like the red eye effect from old photos. However, 
it definitely illuminated the area immediately around the eye sockets. So perhaps illuminate is a better term. This creature was so sickeningly frail and thin in build that there was no way it could have been a neighbor fucking with us. As it didn't seem physically possible for someone so thin to even be able to sport weight on such a frame. And then it started moving. At this point, my fight or flight response told me to go fuck myself and I stood frozen in fear. The beast, already a horrific bastardization of a human form, now grotesquely bobbed its body up and down, as if attempting to take off in flight. I didn't notice it before, but there appeared to be some sort of cape behind its back. Though I say cape, it appeared to be of a ragged flesh texture, as if the skin on its back was flayed off and was dragging behind his arms. The sickening flesh cape waved with each flap of its arms, giving the illusion of wings, but that wasn't even the worst part. It emitted a noise. There was a growl, or a roar, or a scream. The sound it made was akin to a raspy inhale, like someone deeply out of breath. However, this wasn't like that. There was like a sort of reverb, to his breathing. It echoed quietly yet still managed to be one of those sounds that you feel in your bones, each graveling breath raking its claws into your very soul as you are already frozen in fear. This dance felt like it went on for hours, but in reality it was only a brief moment's passing. Our bodies finally made enough adrenaline that we were able to finally bolt and sprint into his house. We talked about it the few days following, but after a point, just didn't feel like reliving it anymore until we researched what cryptids were and settled on the idea we came across one and decided people would think we were full of shit and decided not to bother talking about it to anyone. To this day, I still don't know what I encountered, but this experience has subconsciously kept me terrified being in the wooded areas after dark for all these years. In fact, last weekend, my wife and kids and I went camping to a state campground, and it was the first time I had been outside at night in the woods since that day, and I was terrified all night. Thankfully, nothing happened, and we had a nice weekend, but it's crazy that this experience affected me for so many years. My wife was the only other person I shared this experience with, and at first she laughed it off thinking I was kidding, until she saw how solemn I got when I talked about it with her and that it wasn't joking to me. She then confided in me that she's experienced her own paranormal things, so that's fun too. Thank you for listening to my story. I was able to convey that night to you pretty clearly. Superficially, I would say it resembled what people have described it to be the Mothman, or what he looked like. But I never saw it actually take flight, and the eyes didn't glow nearly as bright as reports made it out to be. Also, the wings only looked like wings when it was flapping its arms, and I doubt it could have actually flown with those raggedy skin flaps. But fuck it, I'm going to stay and figure it out. My only other guess was it could have been some type of crawler maybe, but I've never seen it to make any other action aside from the bobbing and arm waving. My sighting happened in Southern California in May of 2008 at around 10 to 10.30 p.m. I had just finished up my last class of the evening and was pulling up towards my parents' driveway. As a college student living at home, I often had a play car roulette with my brother or my father's truck so that I could park my car in the garage while theirs were left in the driveway. They generally left earlier than me, and I came home earlier. 
I parked my car on the street for the meantime and went inside to grab my dad's keys and came back out through the front door. Immediately, I heard a helicopter in the distance. This isn't unusual, so I brushed it off and went about moving his truck out of the driveway and my car into the garage. During this time, I had parked his truck on the side of the street. After I was done moving my car, I approached the driver's side door of the truck and reached out to grab the handle when I heard the helicopter was literally above me. At that very moment in time, I felt the sudden urge to look up and an uneasy feeling came over me, like I was being watched. I snapped my head back and the first thing I saw was three white lights in a triangular pattern that stayed static, never blinked, never pulsated, just stayed lit up. Now the most curious thing was what was in the middle of the craft. It was a deep, dark red light that slowly pulsated in and out for every five seconds or so. I stared in awe. It wasn't that far away from me. It couldn't be higher than a few thousand feet, or at least that's what it seemed because directly adjacent to it was a helicopter that was super loud and visible. The triangular craft literally made no sound and it was easily five times bigger than the helicopter. Also, it seemed like this helicopter was escorting the triangle craft. As the triangular craft passed overhead, I couldn't help but feel uneasy and that I was being watched. I felt both scared and inquisitive and the curiosity got the better of me. I stood there and watched both until they passed over the horizon. After moving my dad's truck, I ran into my room and quickly googled the description of what I had just seen, and I had found out that other people had similar experiences, minus the helicopter. Seeing aircraft where I'm from is not an unusual thing at all. I live an hour away in each direction from two military bases. So do I believe this to be an alien? Just a gut feeling, probably not but it was definitely creepy. A friend of mine encouraged me to tell the story of an experience with an unidentified person looking thing. I'm sorry if this is boring to you, but it scared the shit out of me for many years. So, a bit of a backstory. About five years ago, when I was 14 or 15, I would frequently walk home from school with a couple of friends through a wooded area which was on a very steep hill. We had explored the area a decent amount as we had been walking that way since we were all 13. Next to the forest, there was a field with a wire fence, two sides of it, blocking off the forest pretty much. The fence had a human-sized hole in it, which we explored a couple months before, so which led through the bushes to what we believed was an abandoned homeless person's camp, completely with a badly built shelter out of tarp and crates, a couple plastic chairs, and a small pit in the middle. We went there a couple of times to show people, and it always stayed pretty much the same except the chairs would move positions every so often and sometimes be thrown into the bushes. We went here often but never saw anyone. To get to our houses we would have to walk from the field up the steep hill forest to get to the top where there were houses. I apologize for that backstory. Here's the encounter. It was late spring. Me and my couple of friends, let's call them M and L, were walking home from school like normal. It was a pretty day, so we thought we'd explore the woods rather than heading home. We were exploring for a decent amount of time, like maybe about an hour, just walking through the bushes to try to find other paths or open areas. We walked through the thick bushes and discovered we had accidentally walked into the homeless person's camp area. We were all confused as we'd never walked in from this angle, only through the fence. 
Something felt off, like a kind of sinking feeling. L and M didn't have the same feeling, so I just kind of brushed it off. I was tired from walking, so decided to sit on one of the plastic chairs and eat some food he'd brought earlier, whilst me and M just kind of walked about the camp, seeing if anything had changed again. We walked into the covered bit and could smell something pretty grim, but couldn't exactly figure out what it was. M, thinking it was a dead body, decided to look further in whilst I backed out to talk to L, as I was still pretty freaked out. M was gone for a couple of minutes until he called for us to come see what he had found. He refused, so he just came out annoyed and called us pussies, putting up his phone to show us a photo of a dead rat. The rat looked rotten, torn apart. M said he found it right in the back of the corner of the tent. Either way, we found it creepy and decided to just leave. I wanted to go through the fence and walk around the forest, but the other two said it. It would take way too long and that we may as well just walk quickly up the hill through the forest so they could just kind of get home. I decided to go with them as well. I just didn't want to walk home alone. We went back the way we came with that feeling kind of dropping. Me and M were just joking around trying not to think about the rat and didn't notice. L kind of fell behind. As we were walking through, I kept saying he saw something, but we kind of just took the piss out of him, saying he was seeing things, but he was very certain he saw something and started getting more distressed. M jokingly shouted something along the lines of, If you're here to kill us, just do it already. My legs hurt. And we all had a decent laugh until L started having a full-on panic attack and crying. We went over to make sure he was alright, and that's when I saw something a couple meters away. An all-black figure behind a tree, and it wasn't a person in all-black, or anything like it was. Dark, dark. I could see its shape looking like an elongated person shape with fingers that were long and wide holding onto the tree. I thought it was a shadow or something, but I could still see that it was 3D. I stood staring for a couple of seconds, with it also not moving. I felt like a deer in the headlights until M started shouting at whatever it was. It still didn't move. M dragged me and L, with L bawling his eyes out. We got far enough away to the point where we just decided to turn and run. I couldn't really run much as I felt like a heavy energy had been drained from me. I turned back and the thing had barely moved, now leaning more out from the tree with its long, thin arms at its side. We kept going, now not really a run but most of an out-of-breath jog. We got to the end of the top of the hill and just kind of fell to the ground from exhaustion, still all looking at the forest. I think M started filming the forest, shouting, but I can't remember what he said. But nothing really came after us. We went home, making sure to stick to the main road. Even though we had school the next day, M and L decided to stay at home to talk about what they saw. We even drew pictures of what we saw. We told my mom and she didn't believe us, but she said she would drop us off at school and pick us up the next day to make us, you know, feel better. We spoke about it with mates, but they just kind of blew us off as trying to make up shit. We looked through the video with them, but we couldn't really see anything. We would each claim to see it again but I could not really validate it as it was never as clear as it had been in the first frame. Seeing it from car windows when driving near, by, or whilst walking to the shop by the field after school, to this day, neither me or L has gone back to that forest, especially after leaving school. I don't think M has gone back to the forest, but I haven't spoken to him since the end of high school, so I don't know. But that long black figure remains in my mind.
It still shits me up today whenever I'm walking alone or in a dark area. I'm sorry if that's boring, but me and Elle talked about it recently and thought it was worth sharing. I have had at least five sightings. Been trying to organize all of my sightings in order for you guys. Alas, I'm an awful recounter because of my ADD. It makes me wonder in the middle of thought. So it's probably best if you guys just ask questions. No photos as I had a shitty ass Nokia phone for the last few sightings, but I just got the sweet ass galaxy. Hopefully, I will never miss another fucking chance. First and most impressive sighting was Thanksgiving between 1992-93-ish. I was on the 8th Street Freeway between San Diego and Yuma. I know we were driving for a while, but I'm not exactly sure as I had completely zoned out into my Game Boy and was putting in work on Boxel. I was about six at the time, in the back seat, where my aunt and grandma were in the front seat of the car chatting. I decided to take a break and lay on my back to stretch out my cramped legs. That's when I saw it. In the clearest, most beautiful and cloudless sky, a single platinum ball, silently floating, then vanishing, only to find it hovering at an entirely different part of the sky. No acceleration or deceleration was observable. Simply a solid ball or disc one second. Then it was a straight line, I think. Then it was a solid object again at the end of the line. Not as a transformation, but a visual description of how fast this shit was. I asked my aunt, Auntie, what's that little ball called? She sadly ignored me with, Sorry, little one, not now. I'm driving. Science-minded little me just assumed that it was just some awesome human tech I had yet to learn about. I was about 15 or 16 years old and walking home from a friend's place at about two, maybe three in the morning, with a friend I was living with at the time. My mate was pushing a BMX, and we were just talking and laughing as we walked to home. All of a sudden, we saw what looked like two very large greyhounds jump over a set of mailboxes at some flat or apartment, and landed in the middle of the road. The mailboxes appeared to be at least 1.5 meters tall and had about 5 to 6 meters from the road. At that moment, I thought it was a little strange but kept watching them. What I witnessed was something I will never forget in my life. The two gray hounds, as they ran down the road, appeared to both stand up on their hind legs and morph into a much bigger, much beefier being of which I can only describe to be looking like a yowie, which I guess is the equivalent to a Sasquatch to our friends from America and other countries. These yowies both ran around a corner about 200 meters in the direction we came from, and we both sat there dumbfounded. A few seconds later, we heard what sounded like a small female child screaming in terror. Keeping in mind, it was around 3 a.m. in the morning, and there were no children outside. We both looked at each other in horror without saying a word. I jumped on the handlebars on the bike, and he pedaled that bike nonstop all the way home, about two kilometers away. When we both got home and locked the doors as we had no idea what we had just seen or if they had seen where we went and after a little while, I asked him to describe what he had seen to me as I was in disbelief and he explained the exact same thing I witnessed. This is probably the scariest thing I have ever seen in my life. I have only told a few people about it. 
and I don't think a single person has believed me. They will say stuff like drugs, alcohol, blah, blah, blah. But please believe every time I go outside now, I'm always facing the sky. About six years ago, I went out with my friends one night to watch the meteor shower. We headed out to the countryside to visit a park, which is considered a dark sky reserve. But we got lost and ended up in a corn country somewhere. We pulled into a random church parking lot and watched the best meteor shower of my life. You could actually hear some of the meters burning in the atmosphere. At one point, some white lights appeared over the treetops. My friends asked me what it was. I have my pilot's license. And I figured it was just a pilot flying at night with the landing strip lights on. Out in corn country, some people have their own private airstrips. Well, it simply rose above the trees as it headed straight towards us. And it soon became clear that this was not a farmer's little plane. As it flew directly over us, it had two forward-facing white lights and one downward-facing with a constant red light in the middle. I know from experience that these are not the typical nav light arrangements on aircrafts. It also didn't have an engine sound. It just sounded like air. Like if you turn on the shop back, ignore the sound of the motor, and put the nozzle to your ear. It was a steady sucking sound. I've never heard an aircraft sound like that before or since. The thing flew about 150 feet over our heads, so it was close enough to make out its shape by the way it blocked out the starlight. The best thing we could gather was that it was shaped like a stingray. It left as it came and just flew off into the distance. It didn't do any kind of unusual aerobatics that a normal aircraft could do, but we just watched it in awe and as it came and went. It was a truly bizarre experience. I've also experienced missing time. It happened years before the UFO experience. One time when I had gotten home from work, I checked my car's clock in the driveway and then quickly walked into my house. When I got in my home, it was a half hour later. Thinking my car's clock was wrong, I went back to fix it right away so I wouldn't forget. And my car's clock also said it was a half hour later. So this is my first time sharing this story to anyone. I've held on to it for years and just haven't been able to ever come up with an explanation for it. When I was six, my mom and I took a trip to Mexico to visit my grandparents. They lived in a small adobe house that was in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by mountains and rivers and woods. It was beautiful and I loved exploring the woods all day until the sun went down with my grandpa's two dogs. This particular day, the dogs and I set out to explore as usual, but things were not about to go as they usually did. We set out at about 11 in the morning. We walked through the woods, occasionally ran into some stray chickens from nearby farms, collected sticks, stones, and whatever else I found interesting in the moment. And finally, we came up on this creek where I found a small dead turtle. I had gone deeper into the woods that day than any other day, so this creek was new to me. I decided to stop there and let the dogs get a drink and cool off while I played in the water. Only, they had rested for a little bit and I was done playing. I decided to continue further in and explore some more since it was still early. So we crossed the creek, and this is where things got really strange. 
We crossed the creek, and the next thing I knew, we were behind a group of trees. The creek was not behind us anymore, so we had obviously walked far enough for it to have gone out of sight. But how? We had just crossed it a few seconds ago. At least that is all I remember. Well, as we were behind those trees, I noticed the dog staring intently at something behind the trees. So I decided to take a look. What I saw, I cannot explain to this day. I saw a bunch of tiny little beings that looked like tiny people. They were just walking around and did not seem to notice. They looked like they could fit in the palm of your hand. Their skin was the color of normal skin, and they appeared to be wearing greenish and brownish colored clothing, or what I assumed to be clothing. They did not have hair. I just stared at them and remained hidden behind the trees. Luckily, my grandpa's dogs were so well trained that they would not make a sound or attack anything unless you made a specific sound that they understood as you giving them the order to attack. After observing them for a while, I just decided to turn around and start walking home. Suddenly, the next thing I knew, I was crossing the creek again, heading out of the woods. Again, like when I first crossed the creek to go into the woods. It's like my memory just stopped the moment I turned around to walk home and fast forward to me crossing the creek to get out of the woods. So, I have no memory of what path I took to reach the spot where these tiny beings were or what path I took to get back to the creek to be able to get home. Even stranger is that the sun was beginning to set when I crossed the creek to get back out, but it was barely 11 in the morning when we'd gone into the woods, so I lost hours of time. This is all I remember from that day. I'm 25 now, and have never been able to remember the parts that got lost. One night, I was coming home from work at about 1 or 2 in the morning. I live on a peninsula, so the road I was traveling down serves as the main road, thoroughfare for my area. As I am nearing the side street where I live, I approached a Baptist church. Immediately, I could tell that there was something odd about this place, because the parking lot was dark, when usually it was lit up. Instead, all I could see at first was a singular blinking red light. The kind you see on a phone tower, but the light was not blinding in any extraordinary fashion, as it did not appear to follow any kind of pattern. I slowed down as I neared it, because something hovering over the church caught my eye. The blinking red light appeared to belong to a giant airship that was hovering 150 feet above the steeple of the church. I was absolutely flabbergasted. I won't pretend to be some kind of expert or helicopters or planes, but this airship followed no traditional guidelines that I had ever seen before. I can't remember precisely what it looked like, but I can say this. It was long and cylinder shaped. There were no identifiable marks front or back. The red light I mentioned earlier was in the middle. It did not have wings or any kind of rotary blades. It was a large bent-like protrusion that had white lights coming out of them. The phone I had at the time was a shitty Blackberry with a two megapixel camera. I tried to get back to my car to grab my DSLR, but the moment I put it in park and started to turn around, the ship started to move. In what seemed like half a second, it had shot out of the west and was gone in the blink of the eye. I still have no logical explanation for what I saw. A couple of weeks after I saw the thing, I had an extremely vivid dream in which creatures 
crawled through my window and tried to take me out of my bed. They were muttering in a weird language that sounded like shrieking and clicks. I am pretty confident that it was only a nightmare, but it seemed significant to mention anyway. I have no idea if this was aliens or not, but I have no idea how to explain it. This is all 100% true. I was in marching band all four years of high school. One of the things we did was practice in a 4th of July parade every year. When we got to the parade, we did warm-ups, get in order, etc. Then, march to the spot where we were assigned to wait until a particular section of the parade had passed. Once they passed, we would march into place behind them, run the parade route, and that was that. Well, my junior year, we went to the parade as usual and did our warm-ups, got everybody in order, etc. Well, when we got to our assigned waiting spot, we had a few minutes to rest before we actually joined the parade. Naturally, this led to people talking to one another, hanging out, whatever, you know, just to pass the time. I wasn't in a spot near any of my friends in our parade lineup, so I was most likely just looking around silently while others carried on their conversations or whatever. At one point, I was watching the sky. This sky was one of the bluest I had ever seen. Literally not a single cloud in sight in either direction. When I saw two circular silver things flying beside one another, they were going at a speed of no object I had ever seen, were at the height you'd normally see passenger planes and glinted in the sunlight. They were almost swiping across the sky as quickly as you could move your finger, never getting closer or further away. I went to point it out to someone, but when I looked back up at the sky, there was nothing. I watched them for a full 15 seconds before telling anybody, and I was 100% sober that day. Even today, I wish I knew what they were. Alright. Everyone has asked me to tell this story, so I'm going to retell it one last time. Around 1981, I was a kid in rural Montgomery County, Indiana. It was a perfectly clear day, and I was playing in the front lawn of my neighbor's house with my brother Pat. My dad was an Indiana State Trooper at the time, and I think that's relevant because we had spent plenty of time around helicopters by that stage in our lives. I knew that things could hover in place and made a lot of noise and wind, and I knew what they should look like. My brother and I looked up over the left side of the roof of my neighbor's house, and we saw two silver saucers. They were slowly rotating. We were perhaps 300 feet away from them. That's like, what, 100 meters for you non-Americans? One was slightly higher than the other, maybe overlapping just a tad. We watched them for a few minutes just sitting there. This was a perfectly clear, sunny day. After some time, they both accelerated into a ridiculous speed toward the east. We ran inside and told my parents. Honestly, it was so fucking insane that if my brother hadn't been there with me and if my parents didn't recall us freaking out over these, I'd probably try and write it off as a dream. I've told my UF story many times, but there's another part of it. I prefer to think it was a dream because while I can no longer deny the existence of UFOs, this is a bit more sketchy. I was around three or four, which is where most people stop listening. But my memories from that time in life are extremely vivid. Much of it feels like it happened a week ago. I go to bed one night, my security blanket at my side, 
much like an iPhone these days. I wouldn't be caught anywhere without that goddamn blanket. It's a tad white trashy, but it had a cigarette burned on the edge of it, which for some reason I liked. I had a dream that night that was pretty vivid. I was in a large dark room. I don't recall being able to see the ceiling. I was walking around the walkway that had a railing and along sides and all over this room were holes in the floor. I recall convincing myself that things must live in there, although I never saw anything. In front of me and to the right was a bright area with beings of some sort who were interested in me. I have absolutely no recollection what they looked like. While walking toward that light, I dropped my blankie down in one of those holes on the left-hand side. Yes, you guess, that bit is going to be key later on. I recall feeling humiliated as these things examined me. Yep, even the usual things that we heard about during our so-called abductions, which I don't entirely want to spell out. I don't remember it being a very good time. I woke up in the next morning and my blanket was gone. You aren't going to forget that at any stage in your life, we looked everywhere for it. I never had a history of sleepwalking and our home was kind of small, maybe 1500 square feet or so. I remember my parents telling me to look everywhere for that blanket. It was just gone. It was a yellow blanket, and of course, I needed a replacement. The replacement was blue, and my mom had to replace her signature cigarette burn. I'm a very skeptical person, and I really prefer to think that this was a dream. But the physical loss of that blanket and the actual UFO sighting my brother and I experienced around the same time, I don't recall it, uh, was before or after makes shit really hard to not tie together. It's the weirdest thing that happened to me, and I'm all right with you not believing any of this. I've even toyed with the idea of hypnosis, and maybe do that if I'm convinced this is all bullshit. And that, dear listeners, brings a close to these true cryptid and alien stories. I'm truly sorry about the shortage on this video. I couldn't find any more stories worth reading. With that being said, I'd like to thank the reformed members of the channel. Howler's Mom, Tina Mead, Seven, Luz Crispin, Tammy Slayton, C.A.G., Denise S., Samantha Place, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Normie D.W., Chrissy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty Sneeze. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you comfortably. If you are awake, I hope you've enjoyed these stories. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, stay vigilant, and always, I will read to you later. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening. Peace, love, and light to you all.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 